You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truth from his word today. I want to talk this morning about facing the trials of life and even death without fear. Facing the trials of life and even death without fear. Whom shall I fear? 2 Timothy chapter 4. Why don't we stand? I want to read verse 6 through verse 18. I really want you to pay careful attention to our text today. It's a little bit lengthy compared to most of the texts I choose to preach from. So let's just stand and give our undivided attention to the words of the Apostle Paul to his son, Timothy, in the faith. As he approaches the end of his life, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6, he says, For I am now ready to be offered. He's ready to meet the Lord. For I am now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. He knew he wasn't going to live much longer in this life. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Are you excited about the coming of the Lord? Are you excited about meeting the Lord? Do thy diligence, he says to Timothy, to come to unto me shortly. He wanted to see Timothy one more time before his life would be taken from him. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. What a sad commentary on a man's life. And is departed unto Thessalonica, Cretan to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke, Dr. Luke, is with me. Take Mark, And bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. You may remember that earlier in the Apostle Paul's ministry, John Mark was unprofitable, and he would not take John Mark with him. But John Mark has had a change, and and things have happened in John Mark's life. He's matured spiritually, and now Paul wants to see him before he dies. Verse 12, Antichicus have I sent to Ephesus the cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee and the books, especially the parchments. Bring my coat and my Bible. Evidently, Paul was arrested and he was quickly taken and he did not have time to even get his coat or to grab what was most precious to him, and that was the scriptures. Verse 14, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord rewarded him according to his works. Of whom be thou where also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. And he strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all Gentiles might hear, 
And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. All those adversaries that came against him, Satan, the roaring lion himself. In verse 18, And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. And all God's people said with Paul, Amen. Amen. Thank you. you. may be seated. Facing the trials of life, and even death without fear, but with courage. As I meditated upon this passage of Scripture, there were so many things that filled my heart and filled my mind. So many convictions came upon me personally. But I want to say this to you. At some point in all of our lives, we are all going to encounter very difficult trials. That's the truth. Not only will we face many trials in this life, but we'll also face sometimes very threatening situations, and eventually all of us, except the Lord would come, are going to face death itself. I have a dear friend who was raised in an independent fundamental Baptist church, and He's drifted away from our faith, and he now finds himself in a church that teaches that it's never, ever the will of God for a believer to go through any suffering, trial, or adversity in life. I remember sitting down with him in my office and opening my Bible and asking him this question, what Bible are you reading from? Because that's not what my Bible tells me. We are going to experience trials. We are going to experience suffering. We are going to experience afflictions. We are going to experience hardship. And yes, we are all eventually going to experience death. The Apostle Paul said this, For I reckon, I reckon this to be true, that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So not only was he talking about the present sufferings, he was looking forward to death itself and how he would be ushered out of this life of suffering into the presence of the Lord himself. Because we are going to face trials and sufferings and adversities and hardships and afflictions and death, I think we need to be prepared for it. Amen? Isn't that a good, good thing? We need to be prepared for it. So that when they come, and they will come, we can face them with courage, as Apostle Paul did. We can face them with confidence. We can face them with boldness and a deep abiding trust in God. I remember what one man said, and I thought this was good. If God brings you to it, you can be assured that God will bring you through it. And all God's people said, amen. amen. That's so very true. Take your Bible and turn with me to 2 Corinthians Chapter 11, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I want to talk a little bit here about the many trials that the Apostle Paul had to face in his life. If it's never the will of God for a believer to experience trials, suffering, affliction, and hardship, then I guess the Apostle Paul must have been extremely out of the will of God. Let me give you a little bit of background to this passage of Scripture we're going to read here in just a moment. The Corinthians 
had come to a place, many of them, I shouldn't say most of them, and it's very important that we understand the context in which this passage is found that I'm going to read. Many of them had come to the place where they had rejected the Apostle Paul, his preaching and his teaching, his apostleship, and also his pastoral authority over them. They had come to the place where they no longer appreciated him, even though he was the one that led many of them to the Lord, and many of them were saved as a result of Paul's ministry. If he hadn't directly led them to the Lord, they were saved because of the ministry that he had there in Corinth. He was the one that established the church there. He called himself their spiritual father. And yet many of them had developed a, a real attitude of animosity toward the Apostle Paul because they had all kinds of sin issues in their life. And as any good preacher would do, he was pointing out those sin issues and a lot of the members of the church really did not appreciate it at all. And so his apostleship was called into question. His pastoral authority over them was called into question. And many of them were now listening to other voices. They weren't listening to the voice of their pastor, their spiritual father. They were listening to, even in some cases, false teaching. And the apostle Paul became very concerned about this and had to, on several occasions, step up and defend his apostleship. But here we find in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, are there say men. He said, are they ministers of Christ, these men that you're now following? You've turned your back on my message and you're now following these individuals. He said, are they, are they ministers of Christ? He said, I speak as a fool, I more. Now listen to the sufferings that he went through for the cause of Christ. He said, in labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths oft. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeys often in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness. In watchings often, in hunger, in thirst, in fastings often, in cold and in nakedness. Now listen to me, church. That's quite a list of the sufferings and adversities and persecutions and afflictions that the Apostle Paul went through for the cause of Christ and especially for this church. And now notice in verse 31, he said, The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is blessed forever, knoweth that I what? He said, I'm not lying to you. These are all the things I endured for the cause of Christ. And then he said, And besides all these things, the care of all the churches has come upon me. Wow. What have we to complain about? None of us have gone through what this man went through. Not only do we see the trials that the Apostle Paul had to face, we also see that the Apostle Paul faced death often. 
often he was in situations where he thought he was going to have to give his life for the cause of Christ. The passage we just read, he now realizes it's all over. He had run his course. But how did he face the trials of his life? He faced them with courage. How did he face even death itself? He faced it with courage. We have had more death in our church this year, in 2017, than in all my years of ministry. So many funerals. It just seems like one right after another. We just came through. Dave's mom just passed away. We just came through another funeral this week. But Paul embraced it. He embraced death. He wasn't fearful of death. He embraced it. He said in Philippians chapter 1, According to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always, that courage that he had to live his life for Christ, that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body. Listen to me, church. Whether it be by life or by death. If God allows me to live, I'm going to face life with courage and faith. If God brings me to the point of death, I'm going to face it with courage and faith. And then he said this, these famous words, for me to live is what? Christ. For me to live is Christ. But to die is gain. Now let me ask you a question. How in the world can you keep a guy like that down? If I'm going to live, I'm going to live out my life for the cause of Christ. But if I die, that's the very best thing that could happen to me. You know, we, if you purpose to live godly in Christ Jesus, and this world is becoming more and more ungodly every day. Are you with me there? I think sometimes we stand in amazement at how ungodly the world has become around us. But Paul said to Timothy, all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. We will face a lot of enemies in this life as we seek to live a godly life in an ungodly world. But the greatest enemy that man will face is death itself. That's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 26, please listen to the preacher. He said, the last enemy that shall be destroyed, the last enemy. We face lots of enemies in life, but the last enemy that shall be, not maybe, but shall be destroyed is death. You have heard me say before that death is either your worst enemy or it's your best friend. If you do not know the Lord as your personal Savior, you don't know where you'll spend eternity, this last enemy is the greatest enemy that you'll ever face in life. 
But then, just a few verses later, the Apostle Paul says this about this enemy. He said, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? I want to tell you something. That enemy of death was defeated in my life when I was five years old in Bible school. And I repented of my sin and I asked Jesus to come into my heart and be my Savior. That last enemy that all men face was destroyed in my life at the age of five. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? But thanks be to God who giveth us the victory through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There is, listen to me, there is only one way and one way only to escape that enemy of death, and that is Jesus. Paul said to Timothy again, but it is now made manifest, it's now made known by the appearing of Jesus Christ, him coming into this world which we're going to celebrate in just a few weeks. But is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, our Savior, Jesus Christ, listen, listen, who abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to life through the gospel. Do you know why I now have life I have eternal life and I literally have immortality. It's because of the gospel of Jesus Christ that was brought to me. And I believe that gospel message. Gospel means good news. Listen, there is no better news in all the world than to know one day all the trials of life are going to be over. All the sufferings that we have to face one day are going to come to an end and we're going to be ushered into the presence of God into paradise itself. But if you're here today without Christ, that is not your future. Your future is in a, in a place called hell and the lake of fire. Death is your worst enemy. But why not change that whole scenario today and make death your best friend? For me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. The writer of Hebrews wrote these words. He delivered them who through fear of death were all of their lifetime subject to bondage. Christian, aren't you thankful that there is no sting no fear in death for those who love the Lord. That's why Paul said, I am now ready. Are you ready? I am now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. And not to me only, but to all those who love his appearing. He was excited about meeting the Lord. Well, there's five facts that I want to share with you here this morning. Number one is that as a Christian, we have a basis for our courage. That basis for facing the trials of life courageously and facing death itself courageously is the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
It's the gospel. The second fact that I want you to realize here this morning is that this courage to face the trials of life and death itself is something that most people do not have. And you know why they don't have it? Because they don't have the Lord. They've never embraced the gospel. Number three, no matter what happens, do bad things happen? Do accidents happen? Do tragedies happen? Before the believer, no matter what happens, we always know the Lord is with us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Number four fact to embrace. He is the source of our strength. To face all the trials and sufferings and adversities and afflictions and, yes, even the persecutions of life, he is the source of our strength. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. They, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. He is our strength. The fifth fact that I want you to embrace is ultimately heaven is our destination. To die is gain. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe what? In my Father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare what? You know what? I don't think the reality of that has really sunk in. No matter what happens. Heaven is our eternal destiny. Well, the Apostle Paul, as I mentioned, experienced many enemies in life. And as he wrote this last letter that he would write to his beloved son in the faith, Timothy, he knew that Timothy was going to also face a lot of the same challenges in his life and in his ministry. And so he said these words. For God hath not given us the spirit of what? So when we're fearing, that has not come from the Lord. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. To me, the apostle Paul's life was an amazing example of unbelievable courage. To face everything that he faced. Unbelievable courage, unbelievable boldness, unbelievable convictions, unbelievable steadfastness, unbelievable perseverance in the face of all the trials and sufferings and threats of death often. He lived out his life with courage. Remember what we read? He experienced persecution from the Jews, the Gentiles, and false brethren. He was in prison often. He was beaten. He was scourged. He was stoned. He was shipwrecked. He experienced dangers in his travels, extreme cold. He was robbed on several different occasions. He experienced severe pain in his physical body. He was weary. He had sleepless nights. He was hungry, and he even went without drink. 
And yet he faced all those things with faith and with courage. Courageously facing the hardships of life while all the time living a life pleasing to God and glorifying him. And as I think of what this man went through, listen to me, he never stopped serving the Lord. Never stopped. You talk about being courageous. I want to tell you today, we need more courageous Christians. Just a little word of negativity is enough to set some of us back so that we become quiet concerning our faith. But no, he never quit. He never stopped. He continued to advance the kingdom. When facing death, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. I'm looking forward to my crown. Think about this. You know, a lot of times I like to think into the future. I actually, in, in counseling, I was just sharing this with a person this week. I said, you know, if we could take your life, and probably all my sons can remember me saying things like this to them. If we can take your life and we could video, somehow we could videotape your life from this point 20 years in advance. 20 years if you served God and were faithful to God, and 20 years in advance if you weren't. And then we could sit there and within a few minutes we could watch your life being played out before your eyes. Which course would you take? Everyone that I have ever shared that with has always said, well, I'd, I'd take that course of serving the Lord. You know, in all my years in ministry, I have never, ever heard someone say, you know what, I really wrecked my life from living for God. I really, I really messed it up. I wish I could go back and I could take back my commitment to Christ. I have never, ever met anyone like that. But I want to tell you something. I've met a whole slew of them that, would, that, that have testified to me. I wish I never would have walked away from the Lord. I wish I never would have become unfaithful to him. I wish I would have maintained my courage and faced the trials of life and not let those trials of life knock me off course. If the Apostle Paul would have allowed all of these afflictions and the threat of death to stop him, you listen to me here. Fellowship Baptist Church would not be here today. We would not be here today. You would not be saved today. You see, here, here's the thing. We often, we don't look past the present into the future. Because it was the Apostle Paul who got that call, come over into Macedonia and help us. That was Europe. And Europe was exposed to the gospel through the ministry of the Apostle Paul. And it's, it's through the spread of the gospel throughout Europe that the gospel came to the Americas. Think about this with me. There would not be one Christian church in America today if the Apostle Paul would have quit because things had gotten so difficult and so hard. That is an amazing thing to stop and think about. The effect 
that one person's life can have. I think when I was back at that time in my life where I was double-minded and and am I going to live for God? Am I not going to live for God? Am I going to make things right? Am I going to do right? Or am I going to go this course? Am I, am I going to continue on with the Lord and His church? Or am I going to go into the world? I remember that. And as I stop now and look back at my life, all these years later, I look at all the things that would never have happened if I would have not made that decision on that night to turn my life over to God and live for Him. That's just an impact of my little, tiny, insignificant life. Think about the impact that your life can have upon this world if you would just stop and ask the Lord, God, give me courage. Give me that stick to That no matter how hard the trials become in my life, I am going to live out my life for you. You see, Paul had a platform. I'm on a platform right now, right? Paul had a platform of authority as he is communicating this message to his son in the faith, Timothy. It is, and what I mean by that is this. It's one, it's one thing to say, yeah, I need to have courage or you need to have courage. It's, a, it's another thing to live it out. Let me put it this way. It's, it's, it's one thing to say that we need courage and that you need courage but it gives a whole new authority to it when you are one who has lived a courageous life. Paul has a platform by which he can speak to this issue of courage. And I want to tell you something. I need more courage in my life. I need more courage to stand up against the devil and do the right thing in every situation and circumstance that comes my way, just simply trusting God and His grace to bring me through it. As I was thinking about this whole message that I'm bringing to you today, I'm trying to, in my mind, describe courage. And I'm thinking about it, and four things came to my mind, and I jotted them down. First of all, courage is the quality of mind and spirit that enables us to meet the trials of life and even death head on. We don't run away from them. Have you ever noticed we're always trying to get out of the trial instead of go through it? We're always trying to skirt around it than to embrace it. So courage is the quality of mind and spirit that enables us to meet the trials of life head-on and even death itself. It, it enables us to face opposition, to face hardships, to face challenges with conviction and steadfastness and calmness and firmness. Peter wrote these words, And who is he that will harm you if you be followers of that which is good? Don't stop doing good. But and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake... Happy are ye? Happy are ye? 
And be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you of the reason of the hope that lieth within you. You see why they're asking you that question? Because when they experience trials, when they are facing death, they're falling apart. They don't have the courage to embrace it and to face it. And they're wondering how in the world you can. That you would be ready to give an answer to every man that asks you the reason of the hope that lieth within you with meekness and fear. Isn't it interesting that that verse ends with the word fear? So the second thing that started to come to my mind concerning courage is that courage is not the absence of fear. But it's facing those fears and doing what is right. Even in the face of fear. How many of you have ever experienced fear in sharing the gospel with someone? But what does courage do? Church, what does courage do? It shares the gospel anyway. How many of you have ever been fearful about standing up for your faith? Come on. So what does courage do? It stands up for the faith anyway. How many of you have ever compromised? Why? Fear. You lost your courage. So what does courage do when you're faced to compromise? Refuses to compromise. What courage does is it faces that fear and lives obediently in the face of it. It has been said, and I've heard this many times, that the number one fear that people have is public speaking. How many have ever heard that? Just deathly afraid of public speaking. Do you know how I got over the fear of public speaking? I public spoke. (laughs) At the age of 15, my father, who was a pastor, asked me to bring my first message. I'll never forget it. I wrote down three points on a three-by-five card, and I preached for 35 to 40 minutes. But I remember how fearful I was when I had to stand and preach my first message. But you know what I did? I preached it anyway. I seldom experienced fear in public speaking. I remember the first time I was in the Philippines and I had no problem preaching in the church. I had no problem conducting the pastor seminar. But I remember when Pastor Nono took me to my first public school. And he introduced me to everyone, and the students started pouring out. And I looked out at this sea of humanity. 
And I looked over at Pastor Nono and I said, how many students are here? He said, about 2,000. I want to tell you something. I, for the first time in a long time, I experienced some fear in public speaking to 2,000 people. I'll never forget that. But you know what I did? I preached the gospel to them anyway. And now, when I have opportunity to go to these schools, I tell the kids, you don't scare me anymore. <laughs> For years, we pastored in the Napoleon area, and they have skydiving there. And I see these people that go out on the weekends, and they skydive. And I can't imagine how fearful they are the first time they jump out of that plane. And I've always been, you know, I'm going up, I am not coming down. I mean, that's just, that's just not for me. But I met someone who does that skydiving, and this is what they said to me. I want to tell you, you just get addicted to it. But the first time, they were scared to death to do it. So courage is not having an absence of fear. But it's doing what is right even in the face of that fear. The third thing that I began to think about when it came to courage is that courage is fear that prays. Stop and think about it. Courage is fear that prays. The apostles were men that turned this world upside down for the cause of Christ. But you know what? Every one of them were scared to death. Listen to the prayer of the apostles. Lord, Lord, behold their threatenings. By the way, every one of the apostles died a martyr's death, except John, exiled to the island of Patmos. They said, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness we may speak the word. Were they afraid, yes or no? Yes, they were afraid to go to that hostile world and preach the gospel, but they prayed and they faced that fear, and by the grace of God, the world was turned upside down with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I think of Jacob. I love the story of when Jacob and Esau were united back together. Remember how Jacob had stolen his brother's birthright and had stolen his brother's blessing? And Esau had determined that when I have opportunity, I will take the life of my brother. And they were divided for many, many years. They never, they never saw each other until Jacob wrestles with God. You know the whole story. Knows he has to make things right with his brother. Do you think he was scared to death to seek out Esau? Listen to the prayer of Jacob. He said, Lord, deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he will come and smite me and the mother with the children. I, I fear meeting up with Esau. He has promised he's going to kill me, 
He probably will smite me and he's going to kill my wife and he's going to kill my kids. But what did he do? What did he do? He did what God told him to do and he went and made things right with Esau and when Esau sees him, they run and they embrace and they kiss each other and it's the most beautiful reconciliation that we find in all the word of God. Fear is courage that prays. The fourth thing is that courage pushes fear aside and it embraces the all-sufficient grace of God. His grace is sufficient for anything you have to face in this life. No matter how hard it is. Deuteronomy 31 and verse 6. Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee. He will not forsake thee. Friend, embrace the grace of God. And I want to leave you with three things and we're going to be done. Even though I'm not done with this message, maybe we'll come back and finish it up tonight. Three things about the grace of God. Number one, the Bible talks about the saving grace of God. We can't save ourselves, for by grace are ye what? Saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. There, there is saving grace. It is God doing for you what you cannot do for yourself. You cannot save yourself. So what do you have to do? You have to embrace the grace of God to save you. Because he'll do that for you because you can't do it for yourself. You know, I think the prayer that the Lord loves to hear the most is, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. The second kind of grace that the Bible speaks about is called sustaining grace. It's grace that sustains you. But the God of all grace, who hath called you unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after ye have suffered a while, doesn't last forever, after you've suffered a while, he'll make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Sustaining grace. God will sustain you through every trial in your life. And then there's one more kind of grace that the Bible speaks about. Saving grace, sustaining grace. And then the Bible talks about strengthening grace. Paul said, therefore, my son, Timothy, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. You know what this is? This is God giving you the ability to accomplish his will. Something that we could not do, but listen. It's something that God can do for you.
saving grace. Embrace it. Sustaining grace. Embrace it. Strengthening grace. Embrace it. This is what gave Paul the courage to face all those things that we read about. And even death itself. And it's this grace and courage that God wants to give to every one of us here today. Are there things in this life that we're going to fear? Yes or no, church? But what are we going to do? We're going to ask God to give us grace to to face those and to stay faithful to Him. Listen. Don't let all those fears that you have right now keep you back from fully following after the Lord. Or fully giving your heart to the Lord. Have you ever heard someone say, you know what, I'd give my heart to the Lord, but you know I'm afraid of what my family may say. Really? Kind of afraid. afraid of giving up those things that you know I kind of really like doing even though they're sinful things alright would, would you just stop for a minute instead of embracing God's grace you'd rather worry about what your family's going to say you're going to worry about what your friends are going to say and die and go to hell now let me ask you a question does that make any sense at all Well, Pastor, you know, I'm saved. I know I'm on my way to heaven. But you know, I'm, I'm just afraid to live my life for the Lord. All right? So you're going to live your life for yourself and completely mess up your life. Come on, church. Does that make any sense? One last question. What gave the Apostle Paul the courage to face all the trials and even death itself? I quote the Apostle Paul. The Lord stood with me. Everyone else forsook me. I was all alone. But the Lord stood with me, and he strengthened me. He delivered me out of the mouth of the lion, and the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work, and he will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Church, do you got the message? If you're here today and you've never given your heart to Jesus, why don't you do so today? If you're here and you're thinking about the things that uh, I've been talking about and you kind of realize that fear has really kept you back from living out God's will in your life, I think you know what you need to do. 
embrace that sustaining, strengthening grace. Ask God to forgive you for not standing up for him. And let's let this day to day be a point of change in our lives. Let's pray. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.